Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to Rockin' Enough Cleveland, the unofficial podcast of Cleveland Indians baseball. I am your host, Zach Martin, and man, I hope everyone enjoyed that intro music, because if that does not get you jacked up, I don't know what will. So, so glad to have everyone here. I'm really excited to be doing the first episode for you guys. Uh, just uh, for a warning, if you start hearing me coughing or taking a little quick breaks here and there, um, it's mostly just to drink uh, tea because I am fighting a cold for the last week, but I wanted to get the first episode out to you guys because I know with winter meetings starting today, I at least wanted to get the first episode out for everyone to enjoy for the next couple weeks because how the show's going to work is I'm gone for work about 12 days and then I'm home for a couple. So usually I try to get an episode out episode out, and then it's going to be about 12 days until the next one. So I wanted to get one out for you guys. Uh, if you're listening to this tonight on a Sunday or Monday morning or any time of the week, just I just want everyone to know that for right now it is going to be an uh, episode every couple weeks. But once I get a job where I'm home full time, be expecting at least one episode a week. I'm hoping um, with the season coming up next year, I hope to get at least two episodes done per week. But for right now, since we are in the middle of, you know, it's winter time, not a lot, a whole lot going on in baseball in terms of that. So luckily with the one episode every couple weeks, it should at least help us get through the withdrawals of having no baseball. Because I don't know if you guys are feeling it, but I am definitely feeling some withdrawals because... You're not really used to the Indians being done once the regular season's over the last few years. You know, we've had, you know, World Series in 16 and then a couple ALDSs. And this is this past year, I felt kind of weird that there was really no playoff baseball in Cleveland. So it's been a lot longer offseason than what we're usually used to for the last few years. So <laughs> I'm hoping that everyone enjoys these episodes as they start coming out as we go through the wintertime go through Christmas, New Year's, going through January until, you know, pitchers and catchers show up in February and then spring training starts. So hopefully by then I'll be home full time and get you guys one episode a week, hopefully two. So that is the plan of this show. And I just want to give a big thank you to everyone who's gone on to the Facebook page for Rocking It Off Cleveland you guys have been giving a lot of massive support, sharing some posts that I've made up for you guys. You know, knowing where everyone came from, that post that we did for just to see where everyone's from and where they're rooting for the Indians, I could not have asked for a better turnout from you fans. It is amazing. I am so glad just to see Indians fans from all over the United States, all the Continental 48, and even Hawaii and Alaska. And even international fans, Australia, Brazil. I mean, shoot, we got a bunch of fans over in England. England and Australia were a lot of the big ones. So it is awesome to see Indians worldwide. I think we even got an Indians fan in Kuwait. So really, really awesome. So thank you to everyone who reached out on that post. And I've just reached out in, in general on the Facebook page. Thank you so much. I will get to some fan questions, and I got, I got some good ones this week. So if you guys ever want to get your question featured on the show, make sure to you know hit us up on the Facebook page when I drop a post uh, at Rockin' Off Cleveland. I will do a post right before every show, so make sure to hit your questions up on there. Go on Twitter at hashtag RockinQuestions, or you can email the show at RockinItOffCleveland at gmail.com. I will leave a link in the description, if you want to just click on that, send an email. Even if it's not just a question, like send in your thoughts or you have any like anything that you are thinking about for Indians baseball, I would love to interact with you guys. That's what this show is going to be about. It's going to be talking about Cleveland Indians baseball, but it's also going to feature you diehards because I'm a diehard Indians fan. And I basically want to make this show for other diehard Cleveland Indians fans because... I mean, it's the Indians. How can you not love this team? So I am really excited to just interact with you guys more as the year goes on and hopefully make this one of the best fan podcasts for the Cleveland Indians. So without further ado, let's jump into some winter stuff going on with the Cleveland Indians. There has been stuff going on in the last 
week or so since December 2nd. I know everyone saw a lot of stuff going on in November around Thanksgiving and even through October, all the guys, you know, went to free agency. You know, Jason Kipnis went to free agency, Yasiel Puig, Tyler Clippert, all those guys. So everyone knows what those happenings going on through October and November. But in the last week since the second, there has been a lot more updates has been going along leading up to the winter meetings. Back on uh, Monday, December 2nd, you know, the Indians designated James Hoyt for assignment and sent Kevin Polwicki to elected base for free agency only because of the fact that the Indians on that same day traded for Sandy Leon from the Boston Red Sox while giving up Andy's Batista, a right-handed pitcher. So basically a, a minor league player for a backup defensive catcher in Sandy Leon. Now a lot of people are thinking, do you really need another defensive catcher when you have basically, you know, Roberto Perez, who's up for the all MLB, all MLB, you know, just how great Roberto Perez, Perez was just had a breakout year. And a lot of people, some people could say that they probably saw this coming or some didn't know if they were going to see this coming because of the fact that Roberto has backed up Jan Gomes for a number of years, getting starts here and there. You didn't really think, you saw his stats, and you weren't thinking of Roberto Perez as that guy who's going to you know, go off and have a, a year that he had. It is amazing to see what Roberto Perez does. And it was so... I, I'm happy for Young Gums. They got a World Series with the Nationals, but I'm also glad that we got just how good T- this is how good Tito is and his coaching staff and just all the work they put into Roberto Perez for him to come out and to dominate like he did this year. It was phenomenal to see. So it's great that the fact that we got Roberto Perez on this team. And for the fact that bringing Sandy Leone is an interesting move. Like I say, he's a defensive catcher. He's really good at, you know, supposedly a lot of the pitchers in Boston loved pitching to this guy. Everyone loved him. You know, knew how to command the how to get guys working with the pitchers, getting a lot of strikeouts, working all, basically really well with them. So it was an interesting move for us to get him from Boston, which means Kevin Puecki was non-tenured. So basically the Indians did give him up. He has gone to free agency, and I love Kevin. I thought he did really well for us. For the one year, he was basically with the team. So good luck to him in his future endeavors. And I'm kind of excited to see what Sandy Leon does. I know he's not really well known for his batting. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does when they do bring him on when it's the day off for Burr Prize. But I do see Roberto doing what he did this past season. Basically, playing like ninety percent of the games or eighty-five percent. Basically, a good. He's going to take the majority of the bulk of the starts. So it's interesting to see that. And not even two days later, after getting rid of James Hoyt, they actually brought him back. They re-signed him back onto the team and put him on the forty-man roster. So it's interesting that they brought James Hoyt back after releasing him. Basically two days two days before. So it's a good move to bring James Hoyt back. I'm excited to see what he does. It's going to be interesting to see what the Indians do because right now with bringing him back on, they are at the 40-man cap in terms of who they can – of the 40-man roster. So, But I don't think it is going to be a done deal. I don't see the Indians not going through the rest of this offseason and bringing more guys in. You know, maybe some minor league contracts and invites to spring training, possibly trades, or you know, once free, you know, more things going in free agency. And speaking of minor league deals and getting invites to spring training, the Indians did on this past Friday sign free agent catcher Bo Taylor to a minor league contract and gave him the invite to spring training. And I know you're thinking to yourself, another catcher. You know, we got Roberto Perez, they just brought in Sandy Leone, and they got Eric Hase, who's been basing in Columbus for the last couple of years. And they bring on another catcher called Bo Taylor. Never really heard of the guy, so, I, you know, I looked up his stats. You know, he's 29, going. I think he's going into his age 30 season. Last year, only had 25 at-bats, a 160 average, two home runs and two RBIs. 
overall in his major league career, 30 at-bats on 167 average in those two home runs and those two RBIs. And he was drafted back in 2011 from the Oakland Athletics in the fifth round of the, of the overall pick of 166. And he did his debut back on September 1st, 2018. So it's been... <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, it, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see what what he does for the Indians and what they what they see in Bo Taylor. I mean, he, like I said, he's 29, 30 total at bats in the major leagues. He's got two home runs and two RBIs, but I don't really see. I see him more him more as of a depth catcher in the in the minors. I know they're going to bring him in the spring training and see what he does, but I don't. With how Prize was last year, and the fact that Sandy Leone is a, a well-established major league catcher who's got really high praise, I don't. I don't see Bo Taylor making the major league team. I mean, it's going to be interesting what he does when spring training, but overall, I don't really see anything else going on with that. Now. Like I said before, like I mentioned earlier on the show, with winter meetings, that has officially started. We are now in winter meeting session, and they are going on right now in San Diego. And this has been the major topic of discussion, I want to say, for the last I know people talked about during during the regular season, but it's really ramped up in the last couple of weeks. And even in the last few days, and that is dealing with our face of the franchise, all-star playing shortstop, Francisco Lindor, Mr. Smile. And it has been a whirlwind going on surrounding him. The fact that people don't know what's going to go on. They don't know what's going to happen. Is is the Indians going to trade Francisco Lindor during the winter meetings? Or are they going to trade him sometime during the offseason? Or are they going to wait until the trade deadline or possibly maybe wait even longer to see if that's going to happen? And honestly, I I am not really thrilled with the idea of the Indians getting rid of Francisco Lindor. He's the face of the franchise. He's hit 30 home runs in the last three or four seasons. Sorry about that. And, you know, he's hit a buttload of RBIs in the last few years. You know, four-at-a-time All-Star. I mean, what more can this guy not do for Cleveland? You know, a switch-hitting shortstop, power on both sides, unbelievable speed, gold gloves and platinum gloves all over the all over the place, highlight reel, just snags, like just glove flip to the second baseman or, you know, spin and turn to throw outs the first. It's just Francisco Lindor basically checks off every box of a five-tool player and then some for the fact that this guy is the face of the Indians. You can talk about Corey Kluber, Mike Clevenger's, you know, Shane Bieber, you know, Jason Kipnis when he was here for a while. Jason Kipnis when he was here for a while. Big shout out to Jason. Really going to miss him. He was, you know, been with the Indians for a long time. You know, my favorite player to, for a long time, Michael Brantley, Dr. Smooth himself. He was another face of a franchise guy because of how well he played. And I know we got a lot more guys coming up now, but with Frankie, that's who he is. He's that guy who's going to put butts in seats and is going to keep people interested in this team because you have a superstar. Now, I know we have Jose Ramirez. He's been doing really good recently. And they even brought Carlos Santana back, who's been with the team, even in his first stint, a really long time. He leaves and comes back. And it's just awesome to have Carlos back. But you look at Francisco Lindor, that guy is the dude. He is Cleveland. He's been with his team his entire career soared through the minor league system is basically locked down that shortstop position. You don't, there's not a whole lot of other shortstops in this organization that have the caliber of what Frankie Lindor provides. 
And that's the thing that scares me is the fact that the Dolans, I know a lot of fans don't like the Dolans. I'm kind of, I'm wishy-washy. I'm okay with them, but sometimes I'm also not okay with them because I wish there was more things they would do in terms of signing guys or keeping guys or actually making good trades and or just, you know, doing something to invest more into the Indians. And I know they want to try to cut payroll back since 2016 and 2017. Because, you know, we all saw this, you know, 2000, 2001, where they pumped a bunch of money into the team. Nothing really happened. And they had to just slash the payroll. And that's basically what you're seeing now. <coughs> that's what you're seeing now with the Indians. Once again, because of the fact they've gotten rid of a lot of contracts and they're bringing guys in through trades or making or trying to make deals that are going to make, fit the budget that the Dolans have. And that's the one thing that is going to be tough with keeping Frankie because, like I said, a five-tool player, this guy can do pretty much anything. And teams would love to have him on their team playing shortstop power hitting on both sides of the plate arm speed everything play discipline it's just it's just one of those things where if the Dolans will have to get rid of other contracts to give Frankie the money that he deserves and he's asking for or unfortunately and that's what a lot of people are thinking is that they're going to trade him when no one really knows they do have two more years with control on Frankie. But the thing that people are wondering is, do you wait until the trade deadline or teams might be more desperate to give up players to get them for a play, a late playoff push or, <coughs> or do you wait until when he has one year left and you're basically getting a guy on a one year loan, a one year loan, basically, our team's going to be that much more desperate to get a guy with one year of control when he could possibly go to free agency. You know, if we're talking, if we're thinking about this, I think with 20, like 2022, he could be a free agent going into that season. What team is going to, what team is going to pull the trigger on a one year deal? I mean, it's a huge move. It's a massive gamble to do it, but teams probably would do it. And that's what a lot of people are thinking right now. Winter meetings or the offseason are up to the trade deadline. This is probably where the Indians are going to make their if they blow if if a team comes in the Indians and just blows them away with a deal. Like, you know, and uh basically a swap for all stars or someone who's major league ready, who can who the Indians can throw into the lineup and automatically produce. Automatically produce. You can't have no one come back who's who's major league ready. That is not going to help the team. So you have to have a guy who's who's major league ready and can make a massive starting impact on this team, depending on what position it's going to be from. And then you got to look at high prospects. One, two, it gets really just depends on who it's going to be. But you got to think the Indians are giving up a face of a franchise guy who's going to produce 10, 11, 15 more years you got to get prospects to fill in whatever positions are going to be you know doing whatever contracts are coming up in the future or whatever positions they need they're going to need prospects and that's the one thing that linda we're going to do they, you, they, he can get he can get a massive haul back shoot you could probably even think potential draft picks on top of this it all really just depends on what team is will who's that desperate to get Francisco Lindor? They're okay with giving up MLB ready players, prospects, and draft picks to get them. That's all you can really do. That's basically what it's going to have to take to, for the Indians to pull the trigger on a franchise guy with two years left on his contract and a team who's going to have to try desperately to sign him. And if anyone's been paying attention to MLB Network, either on TV or on Twitter or whatever, John Heyman is talking about it, but the guy who's really been up on this Francisco Lindor news is 
Ken Rosenthal. Ken is really good. I really go to a lot of his. I look at his tweets. I rip on anything that he writes and what he does because this guy is, I think, one of the best reporters for baseball. And he he thinks that the the big bold prediction of the, of the winter meetings this you know for the next few days <laughs> as Francisco Lindor going to the Dodgers. That's what he thinks is going to happen, and. The Dodgers are. I've I haven't really seen a whole lot of other teams in the mix to get Frankie. The only team we've seen is the Dodgers, and for me, it's going to be that would be a massive potential move for the Dodgers if they do somehow get Francisco Lindor. But you got to think about who who would the Indians get back. Like, you're talking, like I said, with how Frankie is, you're going to have to get a lot of guys back. And what I'm hearing is they could probably get Ross Stripling as a potential MLB player. You know, he's 30, a good MLB pitcher, you know, well-established. You know, he's, I mean, I mean, 2019, 32 games, four for, uh, he was 4-4. Four and four, with a 3470 ERA, 90 innings pitch, and 93 strikeouts. Now, it could be, I think it'd be an okay move, but stripling is not. <coughs> sorry. I, I just don't see him as one of those, as a guy that you can really hang your hat on because over his career, 20 and 24 with a 351 ERA. That's not really blowing me away in terms of a guy that you would really want to get for in the potential deal. Now, they're talking about a lot of other. They're talking about maybe Corey Seager is a potential player. I don't know about that. Maybe Gavin Lux. Uh, some people are saying like AJ Pollock. Cody Bellinger is not going to be a, on the potential. I've heard Chris Taylor might be an option. Corey Seager, Chris Taylor. I mean, maybe it, it's. I don't know. I there's just there. I just don't really see a good number of players on the Dodgers that you can say that could be a potential good move for the Indians. I mean, Seager's okay, I guess. I mean, he's good, but I'm not. I'm not got my high, hopes high on him. And Chris Taylor. I mean, Chris Taylor's a good outfielder, but. It's one of those things like, do you want to take a chance on getting another outfielder? Which I know it's is going to be a big concern for the Indians going to this year with the fact that, you know, Yasiel Puig's gone. You know, Naquin's hurt. Who knows when he's going to come back? I'm hearing it's going to be like June or July at the earliest. And you might have him back for August for the la- for like the last like two months of the season for a playoff push, but who knows when Naquin's going to be back? Zimmer has been inconsistently hurt a lot recently, so it all depends on what he's going to do. So who knows about Zimmer? Everyone else, you got Fermil Reyes, who, from all indications, from what I'm seeing. They're hoping to make him a good, decent right fielder. If he can field really well, they can potentially use him a lot as the starting right fielder, which I can see happening. You just got to make sure that his defense is good enough to do that. You know, you got Jake Bowers, who's, you know, left field, first base, and DH. I see him playing a lot of DH possibly and maybe platooning him out of left field. You also got. Jordan Luplo, you know, he platooned a lot last year with uh, Tyler Naquin. I like Luplo. He did a really good job, so he might have a, you know, shot of an everyday spot position, depending on what he what they're doing with him. And you also got Greg Gallon, who's who's always been up and down, you know, always at that fourth or fifth outfielder. So, I mean, we have outfielders, but it is still a massive question mark on what the Indians are going to do with that position for the fact that you've got all of these potential guys who probably could start but how are you going to work that out is the one thing and it's just the corner outfield 
is basically one of those big things that you have to figure out what you're going to do with that. Are you going to go for guys who are going to make those positions work well? And I would say pitching, the pitching is not an issue. Pitching won't be an issue for the Indians. You know, we got Kluber coming back. We got Clevenger. You got Bieber. You know, Cookie's coming back. Cookie came back after, you know, being off uh, away from the team for dealing with leukemia. So, like I said, you already got Kluber, Clevenger, Carrasco, Bieber, Zach Plesak, you know, Savali. <coughs> the starting rotation is not an issue. I don't think it's going to be an issue for a long time. Bullpen, it's. I think the bullpen is going to need some work because the bullpen did not provide a lot of help to the starters. And you saw why all the starters went so far into games. And got burnt out because the bullpen was really shaky, really shaky last year. And usually the bullpen is one of those things where you really have to worry so much. And, you know, with having Adam Simber, you know, um, and you also got Brad Hand as the closer. And Brad Hand, <laughs> there was a good number of games where you, you felt kind of nervous, but he, I mean, he did get 34 saves. And he was also up for the all, all MLB team as well so Brian Hand's a good closer I'm not worried about him he's not a Cody Allen <laughs> I mean I love Cody but oof Brian Hand Brian Hand's good I'm I'm have no issues with him you know with you got Adam Simber you got Whitgren I'm not too worried about the bullpen like I said could use some work but I'm not 100 I'm not really too worried about that what I am it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with the infield He's done with Jason Kipnis leaving. What are you going to do for second base? Are you going to bring in a second baseman and keep Jose at third? Or are you going to go after that third baseman and move Jose to second? But you also got a lot of guys in the farm system, too, that you could possibly bring up at some point to be the starting third base and move Jose to second. Now, Jose has said he doesn't care if he plays second or third. He just want to be bounced around every other day and stuff like that. So it really just depends on what the Indians do in terms of who, who what position are they going to go after the most. And that's what I'm saying. It's just it's just one of, it's just one of those things. Is you know you got Yu Chang, you got Mike Freeman, but Mike Freeman is definitely one of those guys who is a utility player. That's who Mike Freeman is. He's he's basically the Mike Avila's, you know, the super utility guy, gives relief to whoever needs a day off, plays almost any position. And he's definitely look at that guy <coughs> who's a lot better playing as a utility guy. Again, the spot starts, then guys then playing every day because that's just not who he is. But you also got Nolan Jones, who's basically one of our top prospects. And basically in the MLB pipeline, he's like in the top five or basically the top prospect overall in baseball. But he's definitely the number one guy, one or two guy in the in the far in the far system now for the Indians, and he could start every day at third base. Now, yeah, if you break, if you have, let's say, two or three years from now, or four, and he comes up, and we still have Jose Ramirez, Jose's going to move over to second, and you put Nolan Jones in at third. That's got that covered. But what are you going to do for the next couple of years, though? I know you got Yu Chang. He could play every position. He could play either one of those two positions. It all depends if the Indians want to go do that. Like I said, they got Mike Freeman, shortstop. <laughs> If Frankie leaves, the Indians, I don't know what, I don't know what they're going to do about that. That's going to be a whole bag of other issues we're going to have to deal with at some point. It's definitely interesting to see how that works out. First base, not really worried about it. You know, we got Carl. You know, we got Carlos Santana, Jake Bauer every so often. You got Bobby Bradley. Those aren't first base isn't really an issue. Catcher is basically a shutdown position. Not really too worried about that. It's going to be it's. I'm curious to see what they do with that in terms of maybe in the future with you know bringing a bunch of like other guys in. So I would say mostly the outfield 
and the relievers are going to be the thing to worry about and even possibly either second or third base. But here's the other thing I've been kind of hearing, but I don't really think it's going to happen during the winter meetings is the possible talks of trading Corey Kluber. And I've seen reports that some execs, I don't know if it's Indians execs or just other executives around baseball, but they're saying that the Indians could possibly trade Corey Kluber over Francisco Lindor. But right now, I don't see Kluber moving during the winter meetings because he has come off the year where he basically had a broken forearm and tried to come back and tore, I think it was his pectoral muscle. He basically missed three-fourths of the season, and I don't see a team willing enough to make that investment and try to make a trade with the Indians to get Corey Kluber coming off an injury-filled season. Where he, where early on it looked like he was going to be on pace to do something, you know, have another one of those like massive Cy Young years, not win the Cy Young, but at least be in the contention for it. So, like I said, he he is another possibility, but I don't really see it as one that's fully going to happen for Corey. So, I don't really see him moving on. The guy that I see moving on and from. A lot of reports, like I said earlier. It might be Francisco Lindor. I don't want to see him go. I love Frankie. He's one of my favorite. He's my favorite Indian. It would be a shame to let him go. But with the con- but with the contract that he wants for how good he is, I mean, you can't blame the guy. For it to work, for the only way I can see it possibly working for the Dolans to keep Francisco Lindor is they have to get rid of Kluber's contract. And with Kluber... I could see probably you're talking May or June. You mean up to the deadline, you're going to start hearing some rumors of teams coming for Kluber. And I can see that happening. I can really see it working out to where that might be a huge possibility. Who that team is, whoever who I guess is ever desperate enough to go after Kluber's contract. Who thinks they can make a playoff push? It's, I mean, it's a possibility, but I don't know who that's going to happen. I mean, the Indians have a lot of starting pitching. I know it's going to stink seeing Kluber leave for the fact that he's, you know, one Sayangs with us. One of those guys that you just know he lives and breathes Cleveland. So that'd be a tough, either one of those guys would be tough to see go, but I can see Kluber leaving at some point. Who really knows when that's going to be, but it's not going to be. He's not one of those names you're going to be seeing going away really, really fast. Lindor, yes. Kluber, it just all depends on how he's going to do for the first couple months of the season up to the trade deadline. So basically, that's most of the big news going into the winter meetings and two possible guys that could be leaving the Indians. Maybe not now, but you're talking probably between now and trade deadline. Maybe even next year at all. It all just really depends on what the front office for the Indians do. What their what their plan is, <laughs> your guess is good as mine. And no one else really knows what the Indians are going to do. It's just, will they trade someone or will they not? It's just, unfortunately, it's just how it works with baseball. You don't really, unless you're inside that building between Carnegie and Ontario, you're not really know what's going to happen until the news breaks. And usually sources, you know, leading up to it do say something, but unfortunately how it is with baseball, you're not really going to know for sure what is going to happen. So I am going to move on to some fan questions. You know, this wasn't going to be, you know, a really long episode. I plan on having episodes that are going to last about an hour, maybe hour and a half. It all really, like, that's going to be more so towards the, you know, during the season. Right now, I just wanted to get a nice, good episode out for you guys. Just get some perspective, you know, get some ideas of what's going on with the team, what's possibly going to happen, you know, with the winter meetings going on and stuff like that. So, like I said, going on to some fan questions. Uh, I got a question from Rick Stumpf. I hope I pronounced that right. I am so sorry. I'm okay with names sometimes, but if I pronounce your name wrong, let me know and maybe send me a you know phonetic way of saying it or, or stuff like that. But question for Rick Stumpf. 
Can the Indians get enough for Lindor to stay closer to the top than the bottom in the near future? The tr- for the Indians to get rid of Lindor it has to be a haul that is going to blow them away that can keep them as a contender rather than going for just prospects and just draft picks. The Indians, like I said earlier, if they do trade Lindor, a team has to come to them and blow them away with a deal that's going to make sense to trade a franchise a franchise player. So you got to talk about at least one guy who's majorly who's majorly proven and who's going to have a massive impact with the Dodgers. Like who's like I said, who's the potential team right now? It ain't going to be Bellinger. That's just that's just not going to happen. Kiki Hernandez. I don't think. I mean, he's good, but I don't see him doing that. Chris Taylor and Corey Seager. Yeah. Yes, I can possibly see those guys. <clears throat> those guys being those potential guys, but <clears throat> sorry, I don't know about that. Not really sure if those are going to be the guys that could be in it. Some people say Max Muncy. I don't think we really need another first baseman. Ross Strickland, his record in ERA is not blowing me away in terms of, oh, we should get that guy. I don't see it. And we don't need another starting pitcher. We're loaded in starting pitching. I mean, shoot, we still have Tristan McKenzie on this team. And he's like, I think he's the number one guy in this in the farm system. We don't need another starting pitching. So the Indians could get enough back to stay a contender. I think they're going to do it. It all just depends on when it's going to happen, what team is going to do it, and who they're willing to give up to blow the Indians away to make them with either a year and a half or two years left on Frankie's contract to be like, okay, we'll trade basically – everyone's favorite player in a medium-sized market in Cleveland, Ohio, on the corner on the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. They're going to have this team is going to have to do something to make the Indians pull the trigger on that deal and say okay, fine, we'll, we'll trade them. So, I would say if you're going to what you're hoping to expect for, the Indians are going to get players who are going to help them stay in the contending, who are going to help them stay contend in the near future. That's if the Indians are smart about this and actually have a deal that could possibly work with guys who are already now, who's established, who can, you know, help carry the team farther with instant impact and get the prospects that you need to bolster the minor league system and have them ready for the majors in three to five years and possibly draft picks. Like I said, when? When is the deal going to happen? Who the deal is going to be with? Like, what team is going? What team is going to make that move? And who is going to be in the deal? Because you ain't you ain't trading Lindor for scrubs. You ain't going to trade. You ain't going to trade him for guys who are past their prime because they have a name. Because we that's happened to us in the past. <laughs> We all know what happened between 2001 and 2006. Traded for guys who were not proven, had a lot of bad years. And I don't think the Indians are going to do that again. <coughs> Sorry. They're going to make that move where they're going to go and do a repeat of the early 2000s where they got absolutely nobody. So I don't think I don't see that happening, but the Indians are going to have to be smart about this and see a potential team that they could possibly trade with who can give them a massive haul back. So <laughs> sorry for the long answer, Rick, but I do see the Indians. There's a pot. There's a good possibility. They're going to get enough back for Lindor and the haul back for him to keep the Indians as a contender more so than a, a basement dweller in the division in American, in the American league. Just all depends on a bunch of factors. So thank you for your question, Rick. My next question is from Owen. Sorry. Last name is Schnitzler. I hope I pronounced that right, Owen. I am so sorry. Schnitzler. I'm going to go with that. If it's not, please let me know. 
Uh, your question was, do you believe that the Indians need a new primary logo? If so, how would you imagine it would look? Now that, <coughs> that is a great question because I know a lot, a lot of fans. I'm one of them. I'm, I mean, I got, I got to test to this. Do not like this new Bloxy logo. It is plain. It is quite boring and it does not look good on a ball cap. Because, I mean, I have a lot of Indians hats, and <laughs> my wife could attest to this. Maybe a little too many hats, but, hey, it's Cleveland. It's the Indians. Why not? But, I, yeah, I don't like this logo. I, <coughs> I do think the Indians do need a new one, and I'm hoping it's going to be soon because this thing is, the one now is not that great. It's not great. I think if they had to bring one back, I'm hoping they bring back the Crooked Sea hats, you know, from the 70s and 80s. I know my my dad, who was a sports writer back for the record courier out of Ravenna, Ohio, he used to cover the Indians back in the 80s and 90s. And he said that not a lot of people liked the Crooked Sea hats then, but they did make a comeback, you know, when they do the throwbacks. And... A lot of people now actually do like them. And I'm one of them. I love the Crooked Sea hat. I think it's amazing. Now, some people say, oh, it might be confusing with the Cincinnati Reds or, you know, not the, the Cubs. Not, I mean, not really with the Cubs. But a lot of people say maybe it's, it could be confusing with the Reds. The Reds is a, is a different C. So I think the Crooked Sea would be a really, really good one. I think that would be a really nice C on the ball cap, you know. It's not, you know, a, a block C, which is beyond boring to look at because it's got no trim around the C at all. It's just one color, and that's absolutely it. With the crooked C, you could do, you know, blue with some white trim, red with some white trim, blue with a red trim, and red with a blue trim. You have endless possibilities with this logo. The hat color can be, you're talking at least probably three different hat colors. It's going to be two because it's the Indians, but <coughs> I mean, shoot, they could do a third one, do a nice gray one with a blue or red bill. I think the Crooked C will give you a lot of possibilities for at least three or four different hat designs and a bunch of different colors and trims. So I would say I would go for the Crooked C. So some people might say, bring, the, bring Chief Wahoo back. I wish that was possible. Unfortunately, not going to happen, you know, for us to get the all-star game, had to get rid of Chief Wahoo. We all know how everyone feels. I'm not diving into that issue because that's way over, way past due. But I, there, I mean, there are, there could be other possibilities for the C or whatever logo. I would say bring the Crooked C back. Bunch of different trim colors. I think that would look mint as a new primary logo for the Indians. So thank you for your question, Owen. And like I said, the answer is bring the crooked seed back. That's just my opinion. Next question is from Samuel Francia. Do you think, do you think the outfield and the bullpen are the most weak zones on this team? I would have to say yes. Um, center field, not so much. Because you know, we got Oscar Mercado, which I I can't believe I didn't mention him earlier in the outfield. Duh, he's out there, and he's fine. I think he's got the spot solidified. We do have Greg Allen, so he's he's a good potential guy. You know, we got Framil Reyes. You know, they're looking at possibly putting him in the right field position, and you also got you know Jordan Luplo and Tyler Nagel coming back at some point, and Bradley Zimmer. So we have a lot of outfielders, but where we're at right now is really thin and a lot of question marks. So I do see the outfield as being an issue. The bullpen, I definitely see the bullpen being where they do need an upgrade because the bullpen was atrocious last year, blew a lot of games, made the starters work a lot harder than they needed to. So I definitely see the bullpen being another issue. So I think I, I agree that the alpha, the corner it's basically the, the corner outfield spots and the bullpen is basically with the massive 
issues the Indians need to look at during the offseason and what they're going to do with second and third. Those are the other two spots I, ne- I definitely need to be addressed for this offseason. With Kipnis leaving, who are you bringing in for second or are you bringing in a third baseman and moving Jose over? So thank you for that question. And my last question is from Rick Allen. His question is, why is it that there's no consistency in winning games, especially games that are important heading towards and into the playoffs? Is it because players' teams' morale is low because their game focus is almost non-existent? Could it be due to uncertainty with talks of possible trades and or whatever else may be going on in the front office? And, Rick, that is a <laughs> that is a really good question. And, it, honestly, it could lead to multiple different things. You know, with the Indians... You know, they had some three playoffs in a row, game seven, 2016, you know, in the World Series, two two back-to-back ALDSs where they were up, 2-0 to the Yankees, lost the next three, got knocked out, swept by the Astros, and I'm not, ta- I'm not talking about the Astros issue, it's just not going to happen. So you're talking about, you had a lot of guys, October, October, like just October, 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 three years in a row. And going towards the end of the year, yeah, sometimes you're talking 162 games with a day off every, what, week and a half to two weeks. Sometimes you're lucky to get two in the week. You're basically your longest break is the all-star break. And usually some guys are going to the all-star game. So that's a shortened week for them while everyone else is taking a week vacation. So sometimes sometimes just the season is just long and it wears on guys. And unfortunately, it is how it is sometimes. And I do think that's a possibility. It's just having those long, long, just how long the season is. And unfortunately, in well, I mean, the Indians have gone to this case sometimes over the years. Slow starts at the beginning of the season. They have to try to catch up. Recently, we haven't really had to deal with it that much. This past year, though, it was just the Indians would be they were, they were just a streaky team. They would win a couple games, lose a bunch, win some games, lose a few, and then have like two on, two off, or they'd win two, lose two. It was just all over the place. You couldn't get it's not like the Indians going 22 in a row or have 11 in a row or stuff like that. It was <coughs> sorry. It was just one of the seasons where the Indians could never find that footing and hit that stride of staying consistent just throughout the season. And that was hurt. That was just what kind of hurt the team. Morale. I would say, yeah, it, it could lead into morale issues with the fact that, like, you know, losing a bunch of games, guys struggling, you know, the bullpen struggled a lot. So that's, you're putting a lot of pressure on the starters. You know, you got guys, you know, position players either getting hurt and trying to come back or they're just having off days and it just builds up because it is a big mental thing for baseball. That's a lot of it's a lot of mental, you know, focus and, and just figure out what you're going to do. And sometimes it does strain on a guy, especially if he's in a slump or he's just having, a you know, whatever's going on. It's it, it can really it can hurt. It can it can potentially derail you sometimes. That's when we've seen that happen. So I guess it just really depends. It's just a bunch of things and trades. I mean, a lot of baseball players know it, it's the nature of the business. Trades happen. It, it's baseball. You don't know when you're going to get traded. And if you're a guy like Francisco Lindor or Corey Kluber, where you have a lot of upside to where you could potentially get traded somewhere, it's probably going to happen. You're going to hear about it. So, I definitely think that that could be a, another thing too. It's just at all. It's a, it's a, it could be a number of things, you know, trade rumors long, just the sea, the summer is just long. The season's long, you know, guys can get inconsistent mental focus starts, you know, weighing on them, start trying too hard, you know, get up tight. It's just a bunch of things could happen. So it's, like I said, it's a multiple different things. Baseball is, it's a lot more complex than people think. So, Rick, thank you for your question. And thank you to everyone else who sent in your fan questions. I really enjoyed it. Good number of them for episode one. Very awesome. So I'm hoping to see some more guys. You know, when I drop that post on 
Twitter, on Facebook. Send in your questions. I would love to answer your. I would love to answer your questions. That is one of the main focuses of this show is to get some interactions with the fans because I love talking to you guys. I love talking to the Indians fans. So I want to build this podcast and build a Facebook page around you know just a whole bunch of people just talking about Indians baseball. So please send in your questions on there. Send them on Twitter. You know hashtag Rock and Questions. Make sure to follow the page on Twitter at rock and Cleveland, you know, and we also have the Facebook page and also please send in your emails to rockin. <laughs> sorry, rockin it out. Cleveland, rockin it off. Cleveland.com. Sorry. It's been a long day. It's been <laughs> dealing with this cold kind of throw me off a little bit, but yeah, make sure to send in your questions to the email. Like I said, I will leave that in the description. So make sure to send those in there, but that is it guys for the first episode of rocking it off cleveland thank you so much for taking the time if you've listened to this if it's you know you caught this on sunday night as after i recorded it maybe on your maybe monday on your way to work while you're at work or even going home or you know just just chilling out and you know want to listen to some indians content so thank you to everyone who's you know just reached out on the page sent me messages you know, just commenting along, you know, talking about the Indians and everything like that. So that is it for this episode. I hope to see you guys in the future. Hopefully get more questions for you guys in the next show. Send in your emails and let's make this one of the best Indians podcasts for diehard Indians fans from a fellow diehard Indians fans. Until next time, let's go Indians. It's by Esco. It's by Esco.